Mary Byers with Successful Associations Today. My guest is Steve Smith, CEO of the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine. The challenge that we're talking about today is how to get your board engaged in board meetings. And one of the first things I think about when I hear an executive talking about that is, is the agenda set up to drive engagement? Steve Smith does this extremely well with his organization, and that's why he's my guest today. Steve, let's just dive right in with how generative conversations got started at AAHPM, and how have they evolved? Sure. Well, I think it's always great to start with generative conversations. In fact, that's a big part of why I think it works with our academy, is we actually start every meeting when we're in person with a generative discussion. And the way it began, I believe, is we, um, when I first started here about 13 years ago, we did some strategic planning and we recognized as part of that strategic planning that we had an envisioned future that we liked to talk about when we were doing our plan. And we recognized that some of what we envisioned for the future were things that weren't quite ready for our strategic plan. In fact, they weren't even quite ready for us to even formulate goals and objectives around them. They were things on the horizon. And so what we did is we, we take those topics and we build them into the first part of our in-person board meetings. And um, really it started early and it's actually one of our board members' um, favorite things about being a part of our board is having generative discussions. Where do you find the topics for your conversations? Uh, Good question. So they come from all different places. They come from, as I mentioned, if we've done some type of anticipatory discussion or as part of our planning, we've identified some things that are on the horizon. We keep a list of those. But I would say more often they, they just kind of surface, you know, our staff is very good at, um, doing ongoing environmental scanning. So that helps drive some of the discussion topics or just in the midst of conversations with our board or with my president, something will come up and we'll think that's a perfect topic for a generative discussion. So for example, I can recall many years ago when we first were rolling out our certification program with the American Board of Medical Specialties. And all the focus was on getting everybody to become certified. And about the second year into it, you know, we'd started to talk about what's going to happen 10 years from now when they have to maintain their certification uh, and they have to recertify. And will they be prepared and will they know along the way what's required of them? So in the midst of trying to get everybody just to certify for the first time, we brought in people from other specialty areas of medicine to talk about what they had done around maintenance of certification. So we weren't there yet, but we knew it was going to be on the, in, on the horizon and we wanted to have a conversation about it when we could learn and we didn't need to do anything specific. I love the fact that you brought in some outside voices and that you were willing to talk to other groups about their experience Some boards are not comfortable with that, and they feel like an initiative or an idea should be driven from the outside in rather than, uh, uh, I'm sorry, from the inside out rather than the outside in. 
that apparently right. is not the case with your group. So that must be something about the culture or comfort level about your group. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I, I would say that our group enjoys having people in, particularly for this generative portion of our meeting, which just to give you some context, um, a typical board meeting would start, let's say, on a Thursday and at 3 o'clock, 3 or 3.30. And for about two to two and a half hours, we just do generative discussions, usually one or maybe two topics. Um, we structure them differently, and sometimes they're very different kinds of topics. So, for example, we might pair up one about understanding the international and global perspectives of hospice and palliative care, and it might include a couple of different subject matter experts who, who start the conversation by sharing with us what they're doing in other parts of the world. Um, and then the second topic could be a, a group of members from, from multiple generations talking about how they discovered the academy and what value it brings to them, particularly when they're in transition or moving, you know, through their career process. So those are two very different topics, but um, we will structure each one as sort of an independent session. And we like having outside perspectives, at least to sort of ground us in the, in the subject matter. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody from the outside, but we have found that having somebody come in and speak for maybe 20 to 30 minutes um, provides good context and, and level setting. And then from there forth, the rest of the time is in smaller groups. It's much more dynamic. And at the end of our generative discussions, we always circle back to talk about what's something that we learned and what about that do we want to continue to pay attention to and watch for. If there is something we need to do now, we identify that as well. But quite often, in fact, we tell people at the beginning, this is not about identifying tasks for, the, for, for today or for tomorrow. It's about helping you as board members look up and look out and sort of think through what's ahead so that we can position ourselves for success and anticipate, you know, what the future might bring. It's not a time to make decisions in the here and now. So that is very important when setting up a generative discussion, that whole idea that these conversations are directional and not decisional. I was with the board last week who had had a generative discussion and when debriefing, they said it was very uncomfortable and hard not to feel like the time was wasted because there wasn't a consensus mm -hmm. at the end of it or a decision at the end of it. So was there an adjustment or training period required when you started with your board on this? Is it something, you know, the idea that we don't have to make a decision, but we're, we're watching this. Um, or, or did it just happen going into the first ones in, in terms of the way you set it up? Well, I think it starts by um, introducing the concepts of what a, an effective board or committee meeting would look like. And so from, from the time somebody becomes involved in the committee through their board orientation and their work on our board, we talk about generative thinking strategic work, and of course, there's some operational information that needs to be shared, right? But we, we talk about that from the very beginning, and we structure our, our time that way. So people understand that that's, you know, 
how we're going to do our work. We also make sure that we frame every one of our our generative discussions um, using kind of our annotated agenda for our president, having some notes in there for them to work from, or even when we send out our material and we're letting people know what we're going to be discussing, we always remind them really both times what the purpose of the generative discussion is. Now, I will say that we found ourselves in a similar situation, maybe after we had done this for a few years, where we would discover on our meeting evaluations from each board meeting that people would say what you just said. This was a really interesting discussion, but I'm not sure, you know, what what it was supposed to what we were supposed to accomplish or what we were supposed to, what it was going to lead to. And so, um, you know, we do, we did add that sort of wrap up piece I mentioned before, which is at the end of the discussion coming back around and usually the president will facilitate this kind of wrap up for the past, the last sort of five minutes or so to find out again, what did we learn or discover? What do we need to pay attention to going forward? And is there any immediate next steps that we have learned about, you know, maybe we, uh, need to be nimble. Maybe there is something that we we heard that we want to track or, or gather more information about, but it's never what decisions do we need to make or what resources do we need to allocate. That has never been the outcome of a generative discussion. Okay. You mentioned earlier that some of the things you discuss really aren't ready for, you know, as I would say it, not ready for prime time or they're not ready mm -hmm. for any action uh, from you. But what kind of initiatives, as you look back, uh, from the time you started discussing a topic to the, the time something happened, what kinds of initiatives have emerged for the organization as a result of these discussions? Can you think of an example or two? Sure, I can think of several. Um, you know, and I guess I would also say that sometimes we bring people in who are thought provoking, you know, to, to kind of share with us, um, you know, what they see as important for us. So we've brought people in who are experts in workforce development to talk to us about what other medical specialty societies have done to help grow their workforce and support them in their training and, and their careers. So in that case, maybe we didn't have somebody come in specifically to talk about our area of medicine, but somebody came in who had expertise in that who triggered our thinking. So sometimes we use it as a way to get us started in our thinking. On occasion, it might lead to some additional activity where we want to um, plan for further work or thought to go into it. So we might, you know, generate a, a working or advisory group. But I can think in particular, we had a topic a couple of years ago where we were using um, some of the anticipatory intelligence uh, tools that we had access to. So we shared with our board sort of what that model is. We gave them some things to read in advance, and we actually framed one particular conversation around a regulatory issue that we saw as something that might be on the horizon. It wasn't happening right now, but how could we anticipate that and what would we watch for as um, sort of the signposts, um, you know, to pay attention to and what would, how would we know if this was actually starting to occur? Uh, you know, actually as a result of that, the, some of the things they identified actually did start to appear within, within six to eight months. And so it was nice to be able to come back around and say, okay, uh, we talked about this might happen. It's starting to happen. So let's, let's start to work on it. So there's been a number of things from regulatory issues to, you know, really, again, understanding what kind of um, 
uh, understanding workforce trends better, um, understanding what the uh, needs are of academic uh, professionals in our in our association. So we've done that, and I guess I would also say that we sometimes substitute one of our generative sessions for what we kind of consider more board development, which you know it's a fine line between board development and generative thinking. Um, but sometimes we'll do some work with our board again to help develop them as leaders, which might be something like strength finders or uh, foresight planning. Um, you know, we introduce those concepts not just during strategic planning, but really throughout the cycle of serving on the board. So again, we want to build their their strategic and generative brain muscles so that they are with us exercising that intellect um, and helping us think about where the organization's going as opposed to coming to the board meeting to do specific tasks. So both of those approaches have helped us remain in a very strategic place. Excellent. So you're really teaching your board what their role is and giving them an opportunity really to use their subject matter expertise um, on, on behalf of the association so that there's a good marriage between uh, staff, the staff skill set, and the volunteer leader knowledge base. Um, what would, advice would you give to an executive who would like to move to generative discussions but has never done it before? Obviously, it sounds to me like this setup is an important piece of it. Uh, possibly getting outside expertise to get everybody on the same page in terms of understanding. But what else would you suggest? Well, for for us, it was really um, working with the president or president elect, you know, around thinking about how we could change the structure of our meeting to make it, you know, to maximize the sort of in-person time. And I will say, and this is not a shameless plug for for you, Mary, but you know, taking your president elect to a program like the Exceptional Board course really um, indoctrinates them and, and they might even know about generative thinking and work but when they spend time with you as, as a senior staff person and they get to apply some of those concepts and hear others talk about how it's making a difference I think that's really important and then when our president-elects come back to our board meeting they share what they learned and they reinforce some of these concepts so I think it's important to get you know, people out there learning, as you said, but also I think it's the role of the staff. And I really feel strongly that as the CEO and the executive director, we are really supposed to be helping our boards be more productive and strategic. And so I think this is an area that we have expertise in, and it's an area that we should work with our leaders to see as something that's valuable. So in some cases, you can introduce it by, you know, through training in other way and other times you might introduce it just because it's something that you've been interested in as a staff person and you want to encourage your organization to apply these techniques. Are there any resources that you would recommend or have been helpful to you in leading your board in generative discussions? I, I would say, you know, I was trying to think of there's a few different books on critical inquiry that you can find and you know obviously Glenn Tucker's materials uh, provide a great foundation for the concepts of generative thinking but I would you know I am finding more and more that just going to sort of these quick um, shorter more concise resources is what 
helps because if you can go to BoardSource and download one of their blogs or monographs or, or briefs, or you can go to ASAE or Association Forum or people who are of expertise in this, whether it's getting people to listen to a podcast or read a short article, that to me is, those are the best resources because you can share those with your staff. You can ask people to read that before a board meeting and they will do it. You know, if you ask them to go through a whole training program or to read, you know, a lengthy book, um, I find they're less likely to do that. So I would say look for the things that are online that are easily accessible, that you can provide links to and that you can get other people to, to take a look at as well. So you're setting the conversations up actually before you get on site by providing some pre-reads or pre-listens or previewing uh, before you get to the discussion, correct? Yeah, so we do uh, share that. It's something for them to look at before they come about the generative topics. We also ask them to review the board material and to share with us via uh, online survey um, their impressions of different topics that are strategic issues that they are going to be asked to weigh in on or make decisions about. So we really get our board working prior to arriving at a board meeting. Um, and we find that by sharing with the board on site what their insights were, for example, putting up a topic and saying, you know, we we had comments from from 15 out of 17 of you and here, here are the themes of what you shared with us. Um, it's really a great way to get people involved early. And, and we do that with generative topics as well as strategic issues where we're making decisions or, or need to advance uh, something forward. And I think that's one of the things I see is missing when a board tends to get into the operations and not stay at a strategic or generative level. It's because they're working from a very operations focused agenda or a tradition of very operations-focused uh, conversations. So part of the CEO's role, I think, is really to provide permission to do things differently, mm -hmm. but also to equip and help the board and enable them to do things differently so that we're, we're leading them. And then we find that board member satisfaction goes up, the engagement goes up, and the quality of conversations go up when, when all of this happens. And I just really appreciate how effective you are in doing this with your board. Let's switch gears now, totally. You're now <laughs> hosting a podcast. How did this come about and what's the focus? <laughs> yes, I am. We just uh, finished our first season and we're planning season two of Conversations by Association. It actually came about uh, because I, I work with, um, had been talking with a former colleague. We have a peer mentoring relationship. She used to work on my team. She subsequently went and got her master's degree in leadership development. And her name is Christina Rowe. And she's been doing some coaching and some uh, leadership development work with nonprofit professionals and a lot of association professionals, particularly uh, sort of in the mid career range or people who are moving from mid-career to sort of executive positions. And she had um, been talking about wanting to do something where she could uh, engage with others and provide access to people who have navigated successfully different um, parts of their career and, you know, where that could be shared and, and heard by others. So that would, includes people who are, you know, maybe 
big name people that we we know and um, get to sometimes hear speak, but also people who are early career or mid career, people who stumbled into association work, people who are very intentional about entering the the area that they work in, people who crossed over from an industry. And it's been really fun to have these conversations with people, even people like Pat Blake, who's currently the president of ASAE. We talked with her at a time where she took on a new position and we just sort of have these very authentic conversations with people. I said, Pat, why would you do that? You know, at this point in your career, why are you starting again and moving to DC? One of the other nice things about associations is the staff and leadership working together. It's like a second family. And the support yes. you mentioned is a really important piece of that. So thank you, Steve, for your time today. Happy to have the opportunity to talk with you. This is Mary Byers with Successful Associations Today. 